Steve Lanham. May contain spoilers. May contain spoilers. On this week's May Contain Spoilers, we review the return of Hit Girl in Kick-Ass 2 and question whether Jim Carrey, the man who made Mr Poppins Penguins, was right to distance himself from it. Drew's in charge of the remote as he chooses this week's Sofa Cinemas and JP has the week's film news. Send us your reviews of Kick-Ass or tell us where you think it should go on the Justice League table by tweeting at Film Spoilers or email Spoilers at hot1028.com. Voila! Presto and Alaka Dam. Hello and welcome to May Contain Spoilers. My name's Steve Lanham. I'm Drew Bridger. And I'm JP Stockwell. And coming up on tonight's show, we're going to be taking a look at Kick-Ass 2. We'll also add it to our Justice League table of superhero films. We're also going to look at the uh, trailer, teaser sort of thing for the new J.J. Abrams project, The Stranger. Mystery project. Yeah, no one really seems to know too much about what it is. We're going to speculate endlessly the about on- what we think it the is. The only thing we can say at the moment is that it is not linked to Star Wars. Well, I'm not even ready to make that much of really? so. Really? Uh, okay. Well, if you've seen The uh, the Stranger or Kick-Ass 2 or anything in cinemas this week and you want to tell us what you thought of it, then you can do that by tweeting at Film Spoilers or email spoilers at hot1028.com. You can do that throughout the show or if you're listening to the podcast, you can still do the same and we will still pick it up and give it a mention on next week's show or just do it via social media during the week. And we really want to encourage you to get involved with the Superhero League table because... Uh, it's a, a very it's become a sprawling thing now isn't it because we've added so many films to it uh, even this year it's not even that long since we last it is, had it out exactly I mean <laughs> it's not been that long since we last brought it out um, I think there's Come only on, one more <laughs> calm down there's only one more left this year but I'm just speculating now 2015 2015 might be the year that the, that the Justice League table retires because when we do the it either last... has to retire or it has to get bigger yeah, we have to put it on the side of a building or something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we can do that. That's all right. Because, I mean, 2015, that's Batman versus Superman, Avengers 2. It just dawned on me that's know. two years' time. I think we'll be all exactly. right. Exactly. I think we'll be okay for that. But. So, yes, if you want to uh, let us know where you think Kick-Ass 2 should go on the Superhero League table, you can see a picture of it on our Facebook. Just type Make Insane Spoilers into there, and uh, that's where you can find it. But let's get on with the uh, the first review of the week, which is Kick-Ass 2. And uh, the synopsis for that is the costumed high school hero Kick-Ass joins with a group of normal citizens who have been inspired to fight crime in costume. Meanwhile, the Red Mist plots uh, an act of revenge that will affect everyone Kick-Ass knows. I want to team up, like Batman and Robin. Nobody wants to be Robin. What's wrong with Robin? Would you like Big Daddy's Robin? Okay, Robin wishes he was me. What I'm trying to say is we should be partners. You and me like the dynamic duo. I'm in the NFL, Dave. You play peewee. So, train me. I want to walk the walk, and you're the closest thing I know to a real superhero. Aren't you tired of being on your own? Don't you want to know someone's there for you? Someone who's got your back. And you'll do anything, I say. Anything. Hit me. You're a 15-year-old girl. So Kick-Ass 2 is directed by Jeff Wadlow and uh, not, of course... Vince, uh, Ma- um, Vince Vaughn, Vaughn? <laughs> Matthew Vaughn, who yeah. directed the first film. Also not written by Jane... Uh, 
Goldman. 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 I was going to say Goodman. Yeah. This is going brilliantly yeah, yeah, with us yeah. knowing names. So far. You well, threw the, me with Vince Vaughn. Well, get, yeah, get, getting with names, because yeah. I think this is one of the movies that includes, you know, one of the many... or The triple threat the names. The triple threat of, yeah, of the double-barreled last names. Yeah, so stars Aaron Taylor-Johnson, Chloe Grace Moretz, and Christopher Mintz-Plass, and with Jim Carrey. Uh, what did you guys think of Kick-Ass 2? I thought Matthew Vaughn not being director was very noticeable okay why well firstly there's this um i'd like to say like kick-ass the first one is one of my favorite films yeah. when it came out i love it every time i watch it i think i sometimes forget why i liked it so much and then i watch it and i go oh yeah i remember now I've- and it's got this like it's got this this charm about it, and I'm, I know charm might not be the right word to use in the context of a kick-ass movie, but I think there is a certain amount of charm about the first one that's there to like. I think it's the freshness yes. which makes it charming as well. And I haven't really seen it since I saw it in the cinema. I really liked Kick-Ass when I saw it in the cinema. I caught a bit of it recently when it was on TV, and it still seemed to to hold up pretty well when I watched it then. Yeah. Uh, and I, I still thought from what I saw and what I remember it was very funny I mm. had a massive problem with this film like you I think that the different director didn't particularly do it any favours and I was really really disappointed and I actually thought really? the film was pretty bad I didn't think it was bad I'd like to say that now I thought it was different and I thought it was enjoyable I didn't think it was as up to uh, the, f- the standards of the first one um, as it possibly could have been. But as, as a sort of detachment from that, the second lot of graphic novels, this this whole film doesn't just encompass the second graphic novel. It also encompasses the Hit Girl miniseries, which was a prelude to the second lot of graphic novels. Which these are all written after the first film was made, Yes. Right? They, basically, um, Matthew Vaughan uh, said to... Um, Mark Miller. Mark Miller and John Romita Jr., who actually didn't do all of the art in the second graphic novel. Not many people know that. Um, He said, I've got this idea for the second film. Uh, This is Mark Miller. He said, I've got an idea for the second graphic novel, but it only works if we do it as a film, and it only works if the first film does well. So it was only after the success of the first film that he went on and wrote more and decided to write more. And, it, and, you know, the whole second lot of graphic novels did feel a little bit kind of, this is all a bit tacked on. You know, it's all a bit of, okay, we know what we're doing now. Now we're just going to add more stuff to it. JP, you're very quiet. <laughs> well, yeah, I think it was uh, quite a disappointment in terms of, you know, the, the quality of the first movie. I didn't uh, think, I wasn't too... Um, angry with it whilst I was watching it I thought it was kind of perfectly fine (laughs) or kind of average as 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 I disagree I'm going to to take that from there then because I found myself becoming increasingly annoyed at the film while I was watching it because I thought the humour in it was terrible really really bad and almost cringeworthy in places I'd agree with you there I didn't really find it that funny throughout throughout the movie but there was points where I was kind of thinking 
I was I was questioning whether it was going for comedy or wh- or, or whether that was as important. So well, I'll 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 be the first to admit that I didn't think there was as much comedy in this. I just think it and wasn't I funny. Think, I think it tried well, to be funny. I did laugh at certain. Did points. you laugh at I the laughed- Stan Lee joke? No, what Stan Lee joke was There's that? There's a reference to someone doing something and it being like Stan Lee, it like as if a comic book fan did something to Stan Lee. And I thought that I rolled my eyes at that, and then I oh, thought I, I bet Drew's laughing at that joke. I I probably did at the time, but now <laughs> I can't remember it. I was thinking more. Like, I laughed at the ridiculousness of it because I mean, thinking logically, this the everything about this film is a logical progression for a sequel to make everything about it is bigger it's a bit more bombastic it's a bit more unbelievable yes the first film had its charm about it because all of the characters in it were relatable everything in it was very realistic all of the action and consequence seemed very um, down to earth this one is the next logical progression upwards on the basis that Everyone in it is slightly crazy. I think the first one. In the first one, they were fighting gangs and mob bosses and everything like that. In this one, there is a crazy guy who is calling himself a supervillain, which pushes everyone else into the state of being in a comic book movie. I think it uh, it does do everything that a natural progression for a sequel does do in Kick-Ass 2 mm. but I think it does that by missing exactly what it was that people liked about the first film Yes. so it is I, I, I don't even to, to take to the most kind of obvious starting point the characters so this is really Hit Girl's film it's more focused on Hit Girl yeah. than Kick-Ass it was originally f- focused on Kick-Ass and I think that's a little bit of a shame and it, it is in a way because when she when Chloe Moretz is Kick-Ass uh, Kick-Ass is Hit Girl in it she's very good but when she's just being herself I, I, I don't find that interesting and admittedly I'm not a teenage girl no. but that's kind of not the point of these films and the worst moment in this and the point where it lost all credibility and all respect that I had for the film at that point was when we had to sit through the entirety of a Union J video what on earth was that, that about? was <laughs> yes that was definitely one of the lowest points for me. I did sit there and think, why are we... Why are we... This is a big... This this whole two-minute bit is, is a big advert for Union Jet. And it was that, unironic. That, that did, yeah, that did seem like a little bit of a, an embarrassing... Um, you know, social ga- social gag or cultural gag. But it wasn't being ironic about it. It was suggesting they were really good. And I don't believe that that character raised by Big Daddy in the first film would have liked Union J. I know she doesn't necessarily like them in this because it's her friends that force them onto her, but she reacts to it. Yeah. And I, I just don't feel like it's the same hit girl from Kick-Ass. And I have that same problem with yeah. Kick-Ass himself because, and I pointed this out when we watched the trailer a few months ago, He's now just a massive guy. He he is just basically a he's superhero henched. now. Yeah, he's, he's not henched. he's not just a normal guy in glasses. But he's again, a normal guy in glasses with massive muscles. That's because um, Christopher Mintz Plus as um, oh I nearly said his name then <laughs> ah, better Red not Mist. do that <laughs> as the melon farmer um, pushes them to sort of almost become these people. It's almost like because he is so crazy and bent on becoming a supervillain, he drags these people into that world with him 
Uh, I guess. And I guess you sort of, from an outside perspective, realise, okay, it's not just him that's a little bit crazy. You know, Jim Carrey's a bit crazy too, and you know, Donald Faison is a little bit mad too. Well, you mentioned Jim Carrey there. We've managed to speak this long without talking about him. JP, what did you think of uh, JP? Uh, just JP. Uh, of, uh, <laughs> J- Jim, Jim, JP as Colonel uh, Colonel Britain, yeah. Colonel Stars Union Jack. Yeah. What did um, you think of Jim Carrey? In it? Yeah. Well, I think that he was essentially billed as being the Nick Cage substitute in this, wasn't yeah. he, really, from mm. the marketing and everything. And I think from that standpoint, it is a pretty big letdown because he's not really in it for that long. And he doesn't... He does nothing. He's not in it very yeah, long, and he like, does nothing when the, he's in well, the Well, there's film. kind of... There's there's potential for him to do something. There's there's a kind of a, uh, a good little kind of setup to, you know, hit his character and, so, and some of the... Mm. Um, his characteristics, you know, him being someone who doesn't like the kids to swear. But it never pays off. It sets it up. Yeah, that's that's the thing. It's it's kind of wasted potential. In fairness, though, he does everything that is in the graphic novel. And and I don't think that's a good enough excuse. And everything that happens to him is what happens in the graphic novel. And I think, again, no, I totally agree with you because in in the graphic novel, yeah, there there probably wasn't enough of him in the graphic novel, to be honest. You can't... I think if you're going to adapt something, which this is is an adaptation, if something's a bad book to start with, you can't just make a bad film and say, well, it was a bad book. I don't think that's that's enough. They, they, they make changes to things to stop these those sorts of problems. And mm. it's like they've heavily advertised the fact that he was in it even before he stopped being associated with the film. Yeah. And I like his performance in it, but it's so short and it goes nowhere. that In a way, it's worse because I'd, I'd rather it wasn't there. I, and that's one of the big problems with it. I, I think if it wasn't there, it would be, it would be greatly missed because I think he, as Colonel Stars and Stripes in this, is too good to not have in it at all. Even So having him in it, even for a short amount of time as he is, makes it that much better because he is so not a normal Jim Carrey character in this that it's like this is fantastic like I could and and I think that's almost a good thing because the whole point of, of you know a character like that is always even wanting more and you always and you and you want more of him I don't and that's necessarily almost like, agree with that, that, I, I, I think again, you, I, I'm undecided whether it's a good thing or a bad thing basically that because you could just put enough. any character you like in there and take them away and not bring them back and then it's like well you know leave them wanting more uh, there needs to be some sort of arc to his character and it needs yeah. to have some sort of point but yeah. let's uh, let's give Kickass two scores out of uh, five stars JP you can go first uh, I think overall I'm going to go for a sort of average three um, I think overall yeah it's a a, quite a big step down from the first one um, my kind of basic enjoyment from it was just the the more kind of graphic-y brawly type slice and dice violence which is slightly a higher age rating than you normally get with comic book movies so on just that pure basic level I, I got some enjoyment out of it so three stars from me. Okay Drew? Uh, I enjoyed it slightly more than that I mean I, I did in, I did still find the film very enjoyable and I did laugh and um, you know I watched it beginning to end and liked it uh, but it had less charm than the first one so it didn't stand up and I think there was a little bit too much of Hit Girl trying to fit in at school it's like why are we watching this I want to watch her kill people 
you know, that's what I've paid my money for. Um, so I'm going to give it three and three and a half stars. So which is actually one star less than Kick-Ass. And I think that if uh, Matthew Vaughan had been directing it, it probably would have been a slightly different story. I'm going to agree with you and think. Uh, I also think it would be a better film if Matthew uh, Vaughan uh, was involved with it. And I know he started the, the project, but obviously didn't see it through to the finish. I was really, really disappointed by Kick-Ass too. And uh, I think if it had been the first of the lot, I wouldn't have probably hated it as much. But because it follows on from Kick-Ass, and in a world where we also had Scott Pilgrim, I just thought I'd rather watch that. So I, I gave Kick-Ass two two and a half stars. So we get across the board a little bit there. Two and a half stars from me, three from JP, and three and a half from Drew. If you've seen Kick-Ass, tell us what you thought of it. Get in touch with the team now. Tweet us at Film Spoilers or email us on spoilers at hot1028.com now this week all the music is taken from the soundtracks to Kick-Ass and Kick-Ass 2 but coming up after the song we're going to be uh, putting Kick-Ass on the Justice Hero League table The Bees and Amina Mina, and that's taken from the soundtrack to Kick-Ass 2, and we have songs from the two Kick-Ass films throughout tonight's May Contain Spoilers. Uh, Drew, you're in charge of this week's Sofa Cinema, so you got to pick three films which are on uh, Terrestrial Freeview TV yep. over the next six days. What did you go for? Uh, I am indeed. I broke the trend now of uh, having um, unintentional themes behind all of my Sofa Cinemas, so... Ugh. Yeah, there's no, there's no. I deliberately went for films that were so different. There's hard, there's like barely any link between them. In fact, the only link between them is that they're all on film four. That's a classic so, link for us, anyway. That's a classic link, anyway. But it's and it's not because I got lazy and just looked at film four. It is because actually all of these really good films are just just happened to be on film four this week. So I don't know what it was. Slow week for other channels. Anyway, first one is on Friday the twenty third. And that's at 10.55pm. And it's District 9. Yes. Uh, it's directed by Neil Blomkamp, and it was his first sci-fi film? His first uh, full feature film, yeah. yeah. And, of course, uh, director of Elysium, which is in cinemas now, but we will review on How next How are we week saying time. that, by the way? Is it Elysium or Elysium? Elysium? I say Elysium. Uh, I say Elysium, but I can't remember what they I've say. I've heard various film. versions. I'm just not sure what, you know... What's the? No. I think they. I think they said. I think they either in the film. It was a mixture too. They either said Elysium or Elysium. Right. Depending on what kind of accent they had, whether they're yeah, that's true. There are a few accents in there. Uh, anyway, District Nine has um, Charlotte Copley in it, who I've now decided has possibly the best voice ever. He has a very cool South African. And uh, I now find accent. it hard to say his name without doing a South African accent. So. Well done for controlling yourself. Yeah. I did. I did try. Um, then the next one after that. When was that? That was, that was Friday. That's Friday the 23rd at 10.55pm. Obviously that's on Film 4. They're all on Film 4 this week. Um, Saturday the 24th is the next one. That's at 11.25pm. And that's Hobo with a Shotgun. Uh, I had to be very careful how I said that. Otherwise, you know, you change one word, change one letter in that, and it's an entirely different film. It's a no-no. It's Hot gun. A, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> uh, that's Scott Rutger Hauer 
in it, and it's a uh, Robert. I think it's a Robert Rodriguez film, isn't it? Oh, I, no, that's Machete. Yes, isn't it? it? Wasn't it the film that was? No, I'm doing. <gasps> don't 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 say it. No, don't say it because he's gonna. He's, he'll set him off. He'll it's him completely off. off the top of my head, but it was one of those ones where they had to make a trailer for the Grindhouse yeah. feature, and it was one that won a competition possibly. Yeah. And so a stab of pain film. has just gone through JP's entire body at the mention of Grindhouse. I believe that is the case. So. so Hobo with a shotgun. But yeah, Hobo with a shotgun. Even if you don't like Grindhouse, you should still give it a try because it looks like a laugh. Um, when And then the last one for this week is Wednesday 28th. Again, that's on Film 4. This is at 6.25pm, so a much more reasonable time of the day. And it is A Knight's Tale. And this film, uh, I, I sometimes, like with Kick-Ass, I forget how much I like this film until I see it like on a shelf or I see that it's on TV and I go, oh, I remember the first time I watched this film and how much I enjoyed it. Everything about this film just seems to work for it. I think it's the mixture of Heath Ledger's kind of character that he plays, the mixing in of modern music into the old-fashioned setting, and just like a general sort of heroic kind of tale. It's brilliant. Everything about it works. So that's uh, Wednesday 28th at 6.25pm on Film 4. So there you go. Drew's uh, Safe Cinemas this week, District 9, Hobo of a Shotgun and A Knight's Tale. We will tweet those throughout the week just as a reminder uh, as and when you can catch them. But essentially just have your f- uh, TV constantly set to film for and you'll probably stumble across them anyway. Yeah, so, absolutely. Uh, we'll have another three of those uh, next week. But coming up after the break, we're going to add Kick-Ass 2 to the Justice League table of awesome, as Drew added to the name of it on the uh, on the title. <laughs> yes. If you uh, If you want to tell us where you think it should place on that league table, you can see a picture on the Facebook page may contain spoilers or if you go to at film spoilers you can see a picture of the uh, label Drew's going to add to it uh, in the next part of the show so tell us where you think where it should be placed heroes for good films villains for bad will it finish above or below the first kick-ass these are all things we need to decide in the next part of the show we're also going to take a look at the strange teaser trailer for JJ Abrams The Strangers so all of that coming up in the next part of may contain spoilers Steve Lanham may contain spoilers hot radio you're listening to May Contain Spoilers and my name's Steve Lanham and with me are Drew Bridget and JP Stockwell. In the previous part of the show we reviewed Kick-Ass 2 and gave it 2.5 stars from me, 3 stars from JP and 3.5 stars from Drew. And uh, because it is a comic book film, a superhero film, that means it has to be added to our Justice League table, which is a, uh, a table which ranks all of the superhero films from good to bad from heroes for good films villains for bad uh, all in order at the very top Drew there is The Dark Knight that's in the number one space closely following that is Marvel's The Avengers uh, just below that Uh, following that is The Dark Knight Rises just below that one is Kick-Ass and after that is Batman Begins all the way down at the very very bottom of the villains table villains side of the table even we have the uh, likes of we have the likes of Batman and Robin Green Lantern, Elektra, Spider-Man 3, X-Men Origins, Wolverine, <coughs> rubbish. And then we've got Catwoman and the Spirit very next to each other. So Kick-Ass is very uh, towards the top of yes. the hero section, so obviously it's a film we all really liked. Uh, so now we have to attempt to put Kick-Ass 2 onto that table, and I'm straight away going to push for this 
to be towards the top of the villain side. I was thinking that. Yeah? I was thinking, well, based on just purely space as well, to be honest. Well, but, I'm I mean, less, less I'm not, worried about space and more the fact that I don't think it's a good film. I'm yeah, not going to lie, I'm, space is an issue at the moment. The hero side is slightly cramped, but that's not to say there isn't possibly room for it. But, I mean, I think the democracy here is definitely swinging towards it being a highly ranking on the bad side, if yes. that makes I think, any yeah. sense at all. I think I would uh, <laughs> suggest it goes top of the villain side. So it's so the best of the bad films. W- would you, it's the best, best, best of a bad bunch, you, yes. you could say. So are we putting it slightly above? Um, at the top of the villain's side at the moment is Batman Forever joint with Fantastic Four. Are you saying it's joint with that or slightly above that? I would say that it's better than the Fantastic Four. Um, I haven't yet watched Batman Forever although I do have it on Blu-ray to watch so I will soon be able to have an opinion on that but for me I think Kick-Ass 2 is better than Fantastic Four so for me it should go uh, at the top of the villain side of the table JP? Yeah I'd agree with that I mean if if, uh, we're going by the space there I'd be happy for it to go you know alongside Batman Forever Up there in the I'm going off So we've got a joint top of the villains Joint top sort of Kick-Ass 2 Batman Forever Which is kind of apt because both of those movies star Jim Carrey there we go. That's ah, what it is. Ah, okay. There's a connection there, and I'm I like that connection actually. That's it's almost worth having it in the villains just for that. We like a tenuous, a tenuous link to anything. Yes. Yeah. So there we go. Kick us. There you two. go. Can't, that's that's the circle being completed. If you hear that sound, yeah. There you go. Yeah, that's it. That's the sound of Jim Carrey <laughs> weeping somewhere. Uh, as his film Kick-Ass 2 is added to the top of the villain side of the table, we will put up a picture of the league table onto Facebook and Twitter later, at Film Spoilers, and we'll also do a Vine on Twitter as well, so you can see it actually physically being added to the Justice League table if you like to see movement and flashing colours and all of those sorts of things. So that will be up just after the show finishes. But so for now, send it back to, to its proper realm. <laughs> back it goes, and only call call on it, call back on it when Thor comes out. I shall call it like Mjolnir. Yeah, it lives in the boot of Drew's car. <laughs> it literally does. Yeah, it's very glamorous. But, I only uh, get to pull out my coloring pens every so often. So there you go. So they, if you, uh, I have to relish in these moments. Let us know your thoughts on where you think it should be uh, put on the Super Hero League t- table. Here's how you can get in contact with us. Get in touch with the team now. Tweet us at. There's Potter Bruin taken from the soundtrack to Kick-Ass. That's by The Little Ones. You're listening to May Contain Spoilers. I'm Steve Vannon. With me are Drew Bridget and JP Stockwell. And uh, having just added the uh, Kick-Ass 2 to our Justice League table, I feel that it's now now ready to rest until... Thor. Thor, which is um, late October, early November now. Yeah, so... So it's going to have a good couple of months resting in my cupboard. Yep, getting dusty. Getting a little bit dusty. 
but it gives you something to look forward to anyway. Yeah, I can bust out my colouring pens now, counting down the days. Speaking of things you can look forward to, Drew has selected this week's crowdsourcing corner, which is where uh, he finds something on uh, crowdsourcing websites like Kickstarter that are worth getting behind and are film-related. Yes. Uh, this week's one is quite interesting. It's a project called Grey House. So uh, if you want to find this on Kickstarter, uh, you would search uh, G-R-A-Y space house. Um, but we will also tweet a link to that, I think. Uh, this is by Austin Lynch, who is David Lynch's son, who you'd think, if you wanted to do a project, would have the startup capital to just go ahead and do it. Well, but I think the a lot fact of people are doing to, this now. Yeah, I think yeah. the fact that he's trying to get people behind him to do this is is a you know a pretty noble thing. I it think shows that he's kind of starting uh, out like everyone else is. I think what appeals to people who can even themselves get funding is that it, it means they can fund it and keep some sort of creative control rather than having to bow down to studios and uh, sort mm. of financiers and people like that. Well, exactly. So. And this looks like a very interesting kind of film that might not immediately get picked up by production companies anyway. So it's a very kind of experimental... Well, if you're from the Lynch family... Yeah. Yeah. Well, exactly. It's not going to yeah. be a rom-com, is it? No, no. exactly. Um, this has 29 days to go and is uh, 16% funded of a $25,000 goal so not actually that much for making a film no um, that's around the same amount that uh, Kevin Smith made Clerks for in 1995 so you know that's by today's standards that's really not yeah, a lot very at all cheap. So, yeah, that's a very interesting one to uh, to get on. If you are interested in anything that David Lynch does, or his son, even, um, it would be worth checking that out. So, Grey House by Austin Lynch. Uh, it's, it's sort of along the same sort of lines as, of course, Brandon Cronenberg directed uh, Antiviral, which is very similar to the work of his dad, yes. David Cronenberg, which I noticed has gone up on, uh, on UK Netflix recently. So, worth checking yeah. that out if you're uh, a David Cronenberg fan, definitely. Uh, it's fairly similar to to his sort of thing although probably if I'm honest not quite as good but there you go so. I should probably get Netflix now all of Breaking Bad's on yes there's plenty on there you know <laughs> I often think we should possibly talk about stuff that's on Netflix but the problem with that is that there's also Love Film and you get into a world of pain of having to name all the things that are on all yeah. these various uh, other other on demand services are available yeah so essentially my own laziness is what Blink stops us from doing from that. Tesco Blink yeah. box from Tesco exactly <laughs> so that is why we haven't wandered down that uh, that blind corridor but there we go JP what have you got uh, film news wise for us this week well I think probably the big news um, for some fans of the Rambo franchise is that they're thinking of getting a TV series put together and Sylvester Stallone may star now that's quite interesting because how would what would they really do for a whole TV series of Rambo I mean, speculatively speaking, what do we think they would do for a whole TV series of Rambo? I have no idea. Because I, I thought the whole point of Rambo was that he's just that he's a, uh, an ex-army dude that lives in the jungle and like kills people. Unless they have a whole load, like a whole village of people that are like that, maybe like a whole platoon of of people like Rambo. But then that's not Rambo, is it? No, I mean, it's just basically just going to be Lost, but with Rambo killing all of the cast. It does sound similar. Lost, (laughs) It does sound very similar to that. Yeah, I'm not sure I'm I'm fully on board with Rambo the TV series. Yeah, me neither. Although more more so if if Sly is involved, but... Possibly, yeah. 
not so much because if he is going to be in it it obviously will be as Rambo so yeah I haven't really seen any of the other ones to be honest so maybe that's on my list of shame I've seen, I've seen one once I've, seen a, really bit, I've, I've seen a bit of the last one whatever yeah. that one I think it was just called Rambo that was just yeah. called Rambo because yeah. the, the first Rambo was first blood yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean this is the same kind of thing as then thinking about doing a, um, a Beverly Hills cop uh, another Beverly Hills cop but it, this time it's Axel's son or something yeah that's always the easy I think, way out yeah, I think it? just the rise of loads of quality TV and this whole idea of being able to fund something on TV mm. where you can't fund something in film now everyone's just saying oh I'll just make a TV yeah, series just whack it. it on TV yeah <laughs> uh, JP you've got some news on uh, Ricky Gervais yes I have there's uh, the the uh, famous character of uh, David Brent from The Office uh, there's been some talk from Gervais himself that he isn't ruling out the idea that he may um, bring Gervais to the uh, silver screen in a film uh, adaptation and it's kind of interesting because you know Alpha Papa's been out recently you know a very uh, high profile comedic uh, character movie some some people have even said that um, David Brent was kind of inspired partly by um, Alan Partridge in a way you know these kind of socially awkward guys yeah you can kind of see the link can't you yeah. like uh, it it's definitely I think off, they've, they've off both, the they've back both, of they've both had you know um, internet series recently I mean with Gervais it's been the um or with Brent rather it's been the Learn Guitar on yeah, YouTube yeah which I've not actually seen any of but I've seen some it's, it's, it's kind of okay but it's just I don't quite know what he's doing with the whole uh, getting a rapper on board it just seems a bit like what are you doing it smacks uh, a little bit of uh Desperate. Desperation, perhaps, because uh, of course he did Cemetery Junction and, and things like that, but there doesn't really seem to have been much recently. Although of course he's in the the latest Muppet film, so yeah. maybe we've written him off a little bit too uh, too soon. But there we go. Uh, so that's uh, this week's film news. We're uh, also going to take a look now at the kind of teaser trailer. This is sort of news, so it's sort of links. It's uh, a teaser trailer sort of mystery video released by J.J. Abrams from the mystery box from his mystery box about uh, it's a, it just seems to be called Stranger or The Stranger uh, it appeared online with no kind of explanation uh, it's a one minute clip here's what it sounds like he arrived knowing nothing of himself is he? Soon he will know. Because what begins at the water shall end there. And what ends there shall once more begin. This is what happens. Men become lost. Men vanish. Men are erased. And reborn. So not really too much given away from the trailer. Uh, We'll put a link to it on our Facebook and Twitter. But, I mean, what do you guys think this is for? I mean, obviously the the thing that J.J. Abrams is most high-profilely involved with at the moment is Star Wars. Uh, I'm going to stick my neck out and say probably not 
about Star Wars. No. I know Drew I, doesn't think yeah, it is. Yeah, so. I, I highly doubt that this is. I mean, the first thing that came to my came to me when I saw this was that it resembled the Man of Steel trailer quite a lot, in the sort of tone and the sound of it, and you know, sort of not really giving too much away, and then you sort of see a little bit of what could be the rest of the film right at the end. Basically, I mean, obviously this is not a very visual medium. You sort of see a guy coming out of the water. He's got rope around his hands and he walks away from the camera and then you see his face and he's kind of got his lips sewn up with wire. Well, I was thinking that was a different person. Oh, okay. To be honest, I was thinking that the person you see in the water is walking away and then because it looked like he had long hair and then ah. the, then the, the then you see this this what i thought to be a second face of someone yeah with his mouth sewn up and he's wearing a hood and he looked kind of different ah. from, from what i okay. gathered but so maybe it is two different people then. that's what that's just my interpretation it yeah. was also kind of interesting as well because the the voiceover kind of it sounded a bit like it was um uh frank langella all right, sounded yeah. a bit like that. I don't think it is because I, t- I, I, I was wondering who did the voice. I, th- I think I have a fairly good ear for voices of this kind of thing, but it, it sounded like him. But I don't think it actually was him. It just had that kind of sound to it. I, uh, it's very hard to tell from a, this small clip, obviously what it, it's about. But I, I think it looks quite televisual. It doesn't look very high yeah, uh, no, it does look value. Um, so. It could be that it's for. I think he's working on a TV series with, with Alfonso Caron at the moment mm. uh, called Believe, which I just looked at just then because I didn't know what it was called. Right. Uh, and uh, it could be for that because I think that involves a death row convict. Right. So ah. that would m- possibly make sense because he's got his c- kind of hands bound and his yes. mouth sewn up and all that sort of thing. But it, it didn't look like a recognisable face, so it, it's probably not a no. fit. I don't know. It's, it's so hard to tell. But I mean, that's the thing about J.J. Abrams. He knows how to keep things a mystery and how to get people talking by not giving very much away. Yes. And that's almost a really big appealing factor of J.J. Abrams in an annoying sort of way. Yeah, well, I think of course, it's... Yeah, I think it's... Annoyingly interesting. Well, I, I, I don't necessarily find it annoying. I think it's kind of the right thing yeah. to do, to yeah. just just don't... Because everyone gives everything away now, you know, and we find out about things on the internet. I just like the idea of him just not saying anything and waiting until, you know, even though some things are slightly more obvious than others, because he hasn't specifically said it or no one has. It um, just makes it more interesting, doesn't it? Yeah, it it does, yeah. And... he did it with, obviously with Cloverfield that he was involved with too and uh, Star Trek recently as yeah well. having, having recently the, uh, that's the slightly more obvious one yeah, but, yeah. having yeah. recently rewatched Prometheus obviously a lot of people criticised the the opaque elements of that and while I can kind of un- understand that I also think that that's part of what makes it so interesting to talk about and it adds to the mystery and you it does make it exciting to sort of look up what people's theories are on it just if you look back at the end of Inception and things like that I think a lot of people once they saw it went home and immediately googled what did the end of Inception mean and read all the various theories and things it like that it can get out of hand in that sense yes I mean but, Lost I mean, is an obvious it's still interesting yeah and I, I, I'm with you it's nice to know what's going on but sometimes it's good to keep a little bit of the mystery you know definitely 
a little bit of mystique. Leave a little mystery in your life. Exactly. So that's. What did I say before? Always leave them wanting more. Yes. uh, Yes. Maybe now you're winning me over, (laughs) Drew. But then again, maybe not. Uh, So we will put a link to The Stranger on our Facebook and Twitter. And uh, you can have a look at it and tell us what you thought of it. If you want to do that, here's how you can get in touch with us. Get in touch with the team now. Tweet us at Film Spoilers or email us on Make and Take Spoilers at hot1028.com. So something we know a little bit more about and hopefully there's more details about what's out there and uh, what can be seen is going to be given to us now by JP who has this week's Blu-ray releases. Uh, on Blu-ray there this week there seems to be a heck of a lot of uh, re-releases and not that many new things but there are some new things which uh, the big one I think is probably Olympus Has Fallen. Um, Just in time to, to watch it to get ready for White House Day. Yeah exactly so... Yeah. Uh, you got the the pairing there. Uh, there's also I'm so excited, which was the, I think Pedro Almodovar. Yeah, it was um, s- slightly disappointing for some people. Farcical Euro comedy. I yeah, believe. camp that, that, sort of comedy. That yeah. appealing subgenre. Yeah, exactly. Uh, one other new thing is a horror film called Simon Killer. So I don't know if you know Simon's out there any 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 beware. people called Simon's beware Simon Pegg watch out <laughs> yeah uh, so I've noted a couple of the re-releases there's uh, Time Bandits which is a, a new to Blu-ray release new, Terry new re- yeah new restoration 2K restoration nice. overseen by Gilliam himself Beautiful. and there's a steelbook version as well there is which uh, which I'm actually tempted to get I do like Time Bandits yeah it's, it's good fantasy uh, there's also the uh, Robin Hood 40th anniversary I was going to say I'm not quite sure which one that is, but it yes. must be the one from 40 years ago. I would imagine so. So probably not the Kevin Costner, <laughs> no, uh, no. Alan Rickman one. That's, is that Men in Tights? Or is no, that, that's no, Men uh, in Tights Prince is the that's uh, Prince of Thieves. Right. Okay, yeah, Men yeah. in Tights is the kind of Carrie Mel Elwes one. one. Yeah. Right. That was the Mel Brooks the spoof, spoof one. one. Oh yes. Okay. Yeah. That's not 40 years old either. Actually. No. Okay. That was Unless, nine, that was like 1992, I think. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Maybe Robin Hood was sort of in his 20s in uh, the Kevin Costner one, and now he's turned 40. So it's to celebrate his. 40th birthday uh, maybe he's yeah. had a massive midlife crisis <laughs> and buying a sports car instead of firing arrows so it's the exactly. 40th anniversary of the character <laughs> in that film rather than the film yeah. itself yeah this isn't true obviously this is a happy, it's a 40th happy, bir- happy 40th birthday Robin Hood but yes. we might want to bring up a conspiracy theory mightn't we Who from time can... to time keeps yeah. it interesting as we were saying before <laughs> as far as uh, cinema uh, releases go um, the, the big ones are Elysium Elysium Let's yep. call the whole thing off. And uh, Love Lace is also out there as well. Uh, Love Lass. Loveless, yeah. Um, <laughs> we Are the Millers and uh, What Maisie Knew. Right. They're the brand new things. There is a re-release of uh, Jurassic Park in IMAX 3D, if you want to go see that in IMAX. I'm tempted to. I'm not going to lie. I'm I'm just putting this out there. I'm very tempted to go and see that. Check out the Goldblum. Yeah. yeah. In, <laughs> in uh, glorious I wanna, IMAX. I want to I see Jeff Goldblum and Sam Neill in 3D. It's like they're there in the room. It'd be brilliant. <laughs> um, there is, uh, I should mention as well, some... Um, uh, previews of pay- uh, now this one is a bit of an odd one pain and gain there is some uh, previews of on Saturday Sunday and Monday 
So they're getting, getting them in early, basically. Yeah, for the bank holiday, right? For the bank holiday, for yeah. its, before its initial release next Friday. But uh, from next Wednesday, there is also The Way Way Back and the horror film You're Next. So there you go. All of that coming up next week. We're going to have reviews of Elysium and Lovelace. But unfortunately for that, this week, that's all we've got time for. So until next week, it's goodbye from me, Steve Lanham. It's goodbye from me, Drew Bridger. And make sure you have fun. Otherwise, what's the point? Oh, I wish I was In the land of cotton Old times are not forgotten Look away 